Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spurs in full cry here. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Wendy. And our tactics guy, and our last-minute wonder, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. I like it when ball go net. It's, it's very nice, especially when ball go net twice in, like, stoppage <laughs> yeah. time. That is the That's nicest of nice. Oh, my God. I mean, we've, we, we, we've had a lot of demand for a podcast <laughs> post-Leicester. And um, we've given into that demand because I mean, we just need to talk about it. We, we want to talk about it. It's, it's why we go through what we go through with Tottenham yeah. for moments like this. It's literally the stuff that makes it all worthwhile. Oh, the best feeling. I, I felt so good last night. And thankfully, I woke up with the feeling still running through my veins. I'm just absolutely buzzing. Um, and I know you both are too. And um, we're all desperate just to, to talk through the game. Um I mean, we'll, we'll stick to the format and we'll we'll start with the team selection. Uh, and I'm going to be completely honest. When I saw the team selection, I thought the midfield was fine. I was a bit frustrated that the same back three, again, the Tanganga, Sanchez, Ben Davis back three. Uh, Nathan, were you, were you excited to see some 3-5-2? I did a, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I did a, I did a monkey's paw joke about like, we're going to play the 3-5-2, but it's with like the stodgiest selection of, of individuals to make it up possible so it's kind of like you're getting on one hand you're getting what you want and on the other hand it's not exactly yeah. what you want so you're still slightly unhappy about it how about you buddy i was okay with it i'm not sure what else he could have done with the back three if he wanted to play a back three that was that was it really i would have thrown Roden in there so i was okay with it um i like the team i like the three five two i was a bit concerned about lucas and kane um that was a, a front two that worried me a little bit but it was it was it was a brilliant brilliant uh, evening and today I've had a busy day at work and it's it's like uh, like when you're a kid and there's there's a Christmas present all I wanted to do was read and listen to all stuff about the game so it's like this little present that's <laughs> in the corner you know you're peeling off a little bit of the wrapping you're getting this you're getting a view to see what's inside and that's what it's been like all day starting to finally catch up on all, all the clips and all the videos and all the articles because it, it was one it was a momentous occasion I think it was a record as well in the Premier League that no 
team has come from behind to win that late before. I think it was City when they won the league against QPR. It was like 91, 92. But no one's gone as late or as deep as we have before. So it's, it's a great feeling. Just absolutely insane. Um, so, so we've spoken about the lineup, and I'm not going to lie, the first 10 minutes, I was a bit like... Yeah, I mean, this is what this is what I was worried about. Leicester were dominating the ball. They, they must have had about 65% possession in the first 10 minutes and were looking really confident and comfortable and they had us at arm's length and we were struggling to move the ball. And then we just clicked. We clicked into gear. And the thing that I think made it work for us was Harry Winks dropping into the back line. Uh, he was obviously playing as the deeper of the three central midfielders in the, in the 3-5-2. And there was a shift. So he would move into the, the back line. Sanchez would move further to the left and Tanganga would move further to the right. Uh, so it was almost like he was is making up a... Yeah, I mean, basically, he he made he made up for the fact that we had no progressive passes in, in the back line by becoming a progressive passing defender mm-hmm. in build-up. And I thought, Nathan, that that was a really smart solution from Conte. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I really, I really, uh, I'm really sort of formation over players at the moment. I think the three five two just does so much for us in so many different ways. Um, I think that was evident in this game. I think yeah, we had that sort of that spell of domination, um, uh, sort of yeah, in the sort of ten to twentieth minute or whatever it kind of was, um, where we just sort of littered them with shots in the box for a while, and then after that, um, I think sort of some sort of one all onwards. We then. Um, we were then hitting them on the counter really well. We were drawing them onto us in our three-five-two shape, turning them all over in midfield because of, especially because you know Hoybier and Skip sort of pushing up onto midfield, catching any passes that that Leicester are trying to make out of their back line, and then hitting them with with um with Lucas and Kane over and over again. Yeah, that um that pressing from our midfield, I think, is the best pressing I've seen under Conte so far. Uh, and it, w- when you think about it logically, I mean, you've got Hoybier and Skip in more advanced roles. Of course, it's going to be good. They're really, they're really good at pressing. They're really com- that's like something they're very comfortable with, and they did it so well, uh, so effectively. They both were reading the game nicely, um, and we went from kind of a period of having corner after corner, and, and there were good corners. You know, Winks and Regulon were taking some really, really good corners, and we were making having shots from those corners and Sanchez had that one at the back post from a really decent cross. And it looked like we were just getting closer and closer and closer and we were going to score. And then to sort of find ourselves two one down, it felt really harsh on us. And I had this tweet prepared from the extra at the end uh-huh. of the match saying like, we did not deserve to win that match. It was a freak result to lose that match. Sorry, it was a freak result. We yeah. were, you know, we were the better team. I feel really happy about the performance, et cetera, et cetera. And I was saying in all my WhatsApp groups, like, don't be worried. This is, this was good. This was a good performance. And then. <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I, I actually tweeted. I went, I went a few minutes early. I was, I was okay <laughs> with the performance because I thought we played well. And it was, it was really nice to see how, the formation was was working for us, but I was just like the problem was we've just got no goals on the bench, <laughs> and that was that was, <laughs> that was Did you my that? I tweeted that I said oh, I said the problem with Spurs is we brought on two players who perhaps have scored two goals. I mean I was, I'm going to retweet that right now. I was correct. <laughs> I was correct at the time because we're bringing on Lacelso and um, Doherty and Bergwijn, who maybe have got two league goals between them in a year. And I was just like, here's a big problem for Tottenham is we have all these chances. We play really well, but we don't bury teams. And then we turn to the second string and say, get us a goal. And there's no one there who can score a goal. But 
there is, and there, and it's great. So I'm happy. I was wrong, but I was right, but I was still wrong. So it's great either way. And we win. Oh, Nathan, (laughs) get him, Nathan, get him. (laughs) And this is what I'm noticing: is the extra inch uh, account always coming after me, and now Nathan's (laughs) starting to come after me as well. It's all right. It's all right. I keep double up with names. (laughs) It's a tag team. It's a tag team. I mean, it was. So there's five minutes of stoppage time, and that felt like a, a fair amount of stoppage time to me. Uh, we got to 94 minutes 35, and Kasper Schmeichel was taking a goal kick. And so obviously you're thinking, what a shame. You know, it's all over. Uh, we've tried our best. We've played pretty well. We've racked up a really decent XG total. And on another day, we, we win this match 3-1. Mm. And, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and then... <laughs> We just turned it on. We absolutely turned it on. And we, we'd had this spell of possession. So, Shui uh, Pierre, I want to say first, Shui Pierre's last six minutes is, I mean, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He makes a goal-saving challenge in his own box. Incredible. And then he picks out a wonderful pass to Matt Doherty, who did make a really good a really good little burst forward, I think. Um, control wasn't quite so good, but I like the intent there from Doherty. Huey Bear plays this pass, which is like it's chipped up at such an angle that it comes down really sharply um, with the way he put some spin on it. And it's a really sweet pass. And Bergvine's finish was sharp as you like. It was just like, yeah, I'm not missing this. I'm drilling this. I'm drilling this low. And they didn't celebrate. Mm. Bergvine ran to Schmeichel to stop and get in the ball. Kane ran to the ball and picked it up. And I'm thinking at that point, this is incredible. I was loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. But I'm thinking, like, are they jo- like they don't really think we've got time to to win this? I mean, he's gonna he's gonna blow full time as soon as they kick off, isn't he? Isn't he? But no, we weren't done there. And they came at us again. And, and Tiedemann's. I mean, God, if you're if that was one of our players doing what Tiedemann's did, you'd be absolutely apoplectic with them. He tried a through ball which Huybier pounced upon and, and played forward straight away. And and suddenly Kane's played this incredible ball through to Bergvine and he's rounding Schmeichel and he's finishing from a quite a tight angle. And it is just, it's insane. The celebrations were, I've not seen that since the Ajax match. Uh, the whole team celebration, the coaching staff are going mental. The fans are, there's <laughs> limbs all over the shop. It's, Do you know what? You know, oh, the beautiful God. thing about the Bergwijn goal is each time you still watch it, you still don't think it's going to go in. <laughs> and yeah, you still yeah. don't think it's gone in. And you can hear that in the commentators. You can see that in the crowd. That when it leaves his foot, you think it's uh, it's gone. It's hitting the post. And then it's hitting the post and you think it's coming across the line and so Yonchus <laughs> is going to boot it away. But <laughs> yeah. And it, it's the... It's the, it, that's I think that's the drama about it, and sometimes we 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 think we look to films and how the slow motion bits you like oh that's really cheesy, but that was real life in slow motion. And there's a wonderful video of um, the Spurs fans giving it to the Leicester fans, and then there's just this moment of silence. It lasts <laughs> maybe a heartbeat or two where no one knows if it's gone in or not, and they're just waiting for something to confirm, and then it just goes bang. And that that's the beautiful thing about football, man. That's why. That's why so many of us talk about it all the time and why, why we're here right now talking. It's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful sport. Uh, Nathan, Jonathan Fellumbo says, Bergwijn wasn't shit this whole time. No, no, he wasn't. He's he's a good player. The thing is, like, you mentioned, you, you made a humorous comment to me about like uh, like confidence in his in his shot. as <laughs> he was, You knew it was going in kind of thing. And it's like there's this narrative built around Bergwijn that he's like this terrible like nerves in front of goal, mega misser, soldado <laughs> character. And it's like, that isn't true at all. Right. Um, so 
uh, in his first season, he had 700 minutes. He had 1.18 expected goals from which he scored three. So wow. <laughs> if anything, he's a phenomenal finisher, right? Last season, he put up two expected goals, scoring once. So there's his underperformance, but that evens out right between the two. And then this season, he's, he's 1.8 expected goals from which he scored two. So he's back in line. So over his Spurs career, he scored six goals from five expected goals, right? The problem was never that he was a, like a poor finish. Like he missed a couple of decent opportunities, mm. right? And so they caught the eye, but there wasn't the littering of other chances, right? He's, he's had 1.4 shots per 90 minutes over his 2000 Spurs career. The, the problem is that for two seasons, he was forbidden from attacking, right? Honey, Kane and Son were allowed to mm. do the scoring. And so he looked like a, a you know, a non-goal scorer. And now that he's playing, you know, when he does come into the pitch for us at the moment, now he's playing in a team that, you know, attack with 11 players. Uh, he, he, super, he, shockingly, he, he looks good. He was a hard-working defensive winger. Under yeah, Mario. yeah. A wing-back potential player. Yeah. yeah, he really was. And, and you know, we, how many questions did we get about will Bergwijn be... Uh, converted into a wing back under Conte. I mean, we, I lost count of a number of people that asked that. Uh, no one saw him as a as a, a a finisher. It wasn't just that though. He had two or three touches, mm, bring which downs, were just Kane. really sort of silky, soft feet, bringing the ball down out of the air. First time flicks to Kane, really smart. Um, and I felt like. You know, even before the goals, I felt like he was enjoying playing right up with Kane and having someone just there to bounce off. It just seemed to suit him. I think he's definitely better in that role than Lucas is. I thought. Yeah. I know we've, you know, we, we all want, well, we all want to sell Lucas, but I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it again, though. Don't do this, buddy. <laughs> I think um, I think he had one of his poorest games in a while, and I just don't think that that second striker role suits him at all. I think I'd like to, if we're going to play three five two in the next match, I'd like to see Bergvine alongside Kane. Well, Vardy, in that case, I would ask you this from Connor Kin: Is it too sicko to play Lucas as the right central midfielder in the three five two when yes. Son comes back? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. What are you What are you talking about, dudes? <laughs> I mean, there is there is something out there, so. I, th- I tweeted this morning that I've been I've been thinking a lot about this Skip Joyberg and um, Winks trio, and it is that having the three of them helps all three of them because all their weaknesses are are covered by the power of the triangle, the power of the tripod. So you could probably just take out one and put Lucas in there because in that mid, when you play three in midfield, you you can cover for each other's deficiencies. So it could work. I don't want to see it, but it could work. But I do think I do think Joyberg's strong game was by the fact that there was now three of them in there and Joyberg wasn't having to sit and distribute. He was able to get around the pitch in his, in his kind of way that he moves around the pitch. And he, he was very effective yesterday. I do think you're kind of overplaying his um, his cross ball to Doherty. It was a good cross, but it wasn't it wasn't like Pirlo reverse through, through ball to Grosso on that kind of level. Uh, I've been reflecting on our midfields and... I mean, I've lost count of a number of times that I've said that we cannot play a Hjoibier and Skip midfield. Uh, I, I I did that to death. I did that to absolute death in this podcast. And I think I was wrong. And I, I think what I need to remember is that with Conte and the system, the creativity doesn't come from the individual. It comes from the system. So it doesn't matter if it's Skip or Hjoibier because they have a base level of competence that means in a Conte system, if they're doing what Conte wants them to do, the chances will follow. And I think that's what happened against Leicester. You know, I saw Winks, Skip and Huybier all play really impressive through balls. You know, Huybier chipped one over the top to um, 
to Regulon, which I thought was a fantastic pass, really nicely weighted. Winks played several really nice forward passes, and Skip played that lovely kind of slide rule pass through to, to Lucas, which he he didn't quite make anything of because Schmeichel ran out to it, but it was impressive nonetheless. And the reason I think they played those is not because they were just individual beasts of brilliance. It's because they're, the quality of the ball they're receiving means that they're in a position where they can play that pass. The The quality of the run of the player that's making the, the move off them means they can play that pass and it, it actively encourages that pass. And they are all good players. Like These aren't bad footballers. They all have a base level of competence that means when they have the opportunity, the space, the time, the runners, they can do these things. And so, of course, Conte's system is going to get more out of all of them. And I'm not, you know, where I was absolutely adamant that Ndombele has to be in our team because we cannot create without him. I'm coming around to Conte's way of thinking that actually we don't need individual brilliant. So so what I was saying there was the system allows mm. those players to make the chance. The difference with Ndombele is he doesn't need a system. He can, you know, he can create an opportunity to make that pass because he will make space for himself. But we don't need that. We, we just need someone who functions in the system, who can arrive in space at the time that Conte wants them to arrive in space, can receive the ball to feet at the time Conte wants them to receive the ball and can have a runner making the opportunity to play the pass. So I'm I'm <laughs> I've, I'm a changed man. I'm, I'm completely I'm not going to second guess this midfield anymore. I think I think Conte's just worked it out. And, and the system now against Leicester, I, I really thought that was the, the slickest we've looked in the system. I think there were some defensive errors against Leicester. Yeah, that's really going to happen. That, that, that and that's going to happen. And, and also, it doesn't matter because we were com- we were creating so many chances that fine, you score one, we're going to score, we're going to score four. You score two, we're going to score five. It doesn't matter if if you're creating that many chances, then the odds slip up here with your second string <laughs> back three is largely irrelevant. Yeah, I fully, I'm fully on board with what you say, but I do think if we upgrade the individuals in that system, if you put a Brozovic and Barella and Ericsson, if they're your three, for example, then it obviously it elevates it. This system is, is getting the, the best out of our midfield. But I do think if we really want to win something, we need to upgrade the individuals. Any thoughts, Nathan? Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think I think um, I think uh, a sort of a more rounded central midfielder, someone who's a bit of a carrier and someone who can do something a little bit at the other end of the pitch. But I think um, I think they're a good bunch. I think we should make we shouldn't sell Bergvine to Ajax. Mm. Um, and I think that I have to go now. Good luck. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Bardi has a question from Steen J, who said, we played 3-5-2 for our two most entertaining performances of the season, Liverpool and Leicester. We created a shit ton of chances and were comfortably ahead on XG in both games. But both games were also incredibly open and could have gone either way. The old cliche of games that fans enjoy more than managers. Were the games so open simply because the teams involved had excellent forward lines and dodgy defences? Or did our 3-5-2 contribute in some way? Does it make us more open? And might that be why Conte isn't sold on it? And Cole says, how annoying is it going to be when Conte goes back to 3-4-3 at the earliest convenience? I mean, it will be annoying when he goes back to it. I, I think 3-4-3 has been, has been something that he's used because he's been concerned about his, his players. But... I don't think the three-five-two makes it more open. I think it gives us more attacking options. I think the three midfielders, I keep saying, work really nicely together. Um, it did help that it was against Liverpool, who play a nice high line, and we had Sun playing that day. We had Delhi playing, and Ndombele, who could pick up passes. So that that worked for us. And Leicester, you know, we did play Leicester at a nice time. They're missing some key players. They don't have Ndidi, who is just a master at kind of sweeping up and dealing with stuff. Um, so that helped us. Uh, and it was it was it was a cracking game. It was a nice open game, and perhaps it is games that fans enjoy more than the managers. But I, I I think Conte I think Conte enjoyed the way we played, even if um even if we were losing it with only a few minutes to go. Yeah, I agree completely. I think Conte will be pretty thrilled with how the players uh, um made the most of the system and and took their opportunities. And it just you look at the stats and like we've had twenty shots on goal and we've tested hit the hit the target like a crazy amount of times. And three games we didn't hit the target yeah. once, and it's just that kind of change in it. And it's not just that; it's the small things as well. We're we're enjoying watching Tottenham again. People are enjoying it. Those those who were really down on Tottenham under Jose and under Nuno, they're back on board, man. They, me. You can see that in the just me you. you you could, Harry Kane last night. I know. I know this was just a league game, but I haven't seen Harry Kane that passionate towards Spurs fans for quite some time. It's it's been a long time coming, and perhaps um, his performance. We really need to talk about how great he was last night. I, was, I was literally just about to say to you, how much did Harry Kane enjoy that? I mean, he was yeah. in the in the post game interview. He was as bubbly as I've seen him in mm-hmm. probably two or three years. Yeah, honestly, I mean, he just looked like a new man. He wasn't put toe in the kind of. Media lines is great for the club, great for the fans. He was really passionate and he was, he really enjoyed himself. And you, there was one point where he was charging backwards as well to make a covering tackle. And I haven't seen him move like that in quite some time. And perhaps these, these, these uh, postponements and everything have, have rested quite a few of our players. We looked really fit. We looked really sharp. And it was great to see Kane like that. I thought sometimes perhaps he shouldn't have had so many shots in distance. Yeah. But um, it shows that he he's taken those shots on now, whereas before he was always passing it. I I, I completely agree. Uh, the, the, the moment you mentioned where he was charging back, Leicester had a really good counter-attack, didn't they? And they dragged all of our defence off to our right, their left. And yeah. then suddenly Kane pops up in the sort of left centre-back area and, and almost helped save the day. It was it was brilliant. Um, 
leadership from him in sort of trying to fill that gap. Um, but you're right, he did take a lot of shots. I think he had 10 shots. I, I can't remember the last time Kane had 10 shots in a match. And I am I'm absolutely all for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if he takes on a couple of shots that annoy me because there's someone better placed, it's Harry Kane. So I'm not going to stay annoyed very long. He's going to score in a minute. Uh, and I, I'm very happy to get on board with that. Ten shots, um, one goal, one assist. It was it was quite the output. Shout out to Sanchez as well. 106 touches of the ball, 98 pass completion. I thought he had a. He always will have a couple of dodgy moments in defence when someone's running at him. But I thought I thought he he held down that central role much better than he has in the previous games. Well, I think that this is again another example of Conte finding solutions. Winks being next to him meant that he didn't have to play progressive passes. It yeah. was it, it was not asking him to do things he's not confident doing. So Winks is there to do all the, the, the tougher stuff for him, and that really benefited him. He did scare me um, with the, the Harvey Barnes one-on-one, where he just kind of let him breeze past him, and also for Leicester's second goal. But, you know, we won, so I'm not going to go in on Sanchez today. It's, it's, there's no need. Um, I did want to mention Matt Doherty. Mm. Um, so we had a question from Dark Cowboy. He said, is Doherty good, or at least better than Emerson in the final third? I mean, I thought Emerson had a really poor first half. He he was hardly involved. He, just everything he did, it wasn't working for him. They they were getting quite a bit of joy down his side of the pitch as well. And I'm a bit of an Emerson supporter. I don't mind him, but yeah, he was he was pretty poor yesterday. And Doherty was he played the role well. He arrived in space when he needed to be. He was always there. He was a good out ball. His runs were good. His involvement in the equaliser was was highly impressive and he did have a good half and perhaps he's getting a bit more confidence now and obviously playing on the right helps him a lot. I think um, they're quite different, Doherty mm. and, and Emerson, and, and they've both got their uses against different teams or in different situations and, and this felt like a really smart sub to me. It, it was the right player to bring on at the right time. I didn't think, I, at half-time I was saying... In a Discord, you know, don't make any subs. This is we're doing just fine as it is. You know, Emerson's not been great, but there's no need to panic here. Yeah. And yeah, I really felt Doherty added something with his his movement off the ball. That's his key strength. It's the the running when the when he hasn't got the ball, it's really good. He's he anticipates well and he's he invades space well. It's when he's got the ball that's uh, that's more of an issue. He's he's not great at sort of dynamically moving from defence to attack whereas I think Emerson is quite good at that that yeah. side of the game but is less effective in the final third so it's kind of they're both they both are good at some things and bad at others and it's just working out where their skill sets work the best in different matches yeah, um, what think, do you make I of you're right on that I think if, if you give Doherty the ball in, a, in, an, in an advanced position he's all right but it's mm. that you're right it's the point of him arriving in that advanced position he can't get there by using the yeah. ball or yeah. neat one twos he has to like the ball has to be far away from him and he has to kind of make his own merry way up into a, the attacking third yeah I hadn't thought of it like that yeah um what did you think of Lucas being used as a left wing back for the final few minutes uh Reguilon had put in the miles hadn't kind of worked for him Lucas still had plenty of energy I don't think it was anything we're going to see long term it was a it was a roll of the dice of a few minutes to go he um you know he did a Lucas out there he was okay he was fine I don't think it's a tactical shift we're going to see anytime anytime again unless in case of emergency Lucas's best moment uh for me in the whole game was uh was jumping on the back of the steward and celebrating in front of the Spurs fans, which was just uh wonderful. And even better than that was was Lacelso, who saw him do it and wanted his chance too, and he's like he's going side to side <laughs> to try and find the right moment to jump onto someone's back and then finally does it and, and sort of scampers off like a naughty schoolboy grinning from ear to ear. It was it was a lovely moment. You do forget that they these are children. Like Lucas we we think oh Lucas is getting on a bit, he's twenty nine. 
And I, I don't know if you can, I can barely remember when I was 29, but I was an idiot. So like these are, these are kids. So it is nice to see it when they, when they um, get all excited. We think Harry Kane is this old man or he's just been around for ages. He's what, 28? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know what I wanted to do with my life at 28. We hadn't even met you. You hadn't put me on the straight and narrow. So it's, um, yeah, it's nice to see him celebrate and you remember how, what, how young they are. And it's good. It's, it's, it's today's a good day to be a Spurs fan. Oh, it really is. Such a good day to be a Spurs fan. Um, and it's felt good to talk about it. I think we needed to kind of get it out of the systems. And also, like this this match, this really special match deserved its own podcast. Yeah, it did. Be- we'd have been talking about it on Monday, having played another match against Chelsea, which... We may have lost. and it could've, We, we, could've we may have lost. Yeah. It, you know, it might be two great wins to talk about, but this match deserved... Yeah. our full attention because it was special I mean if you if you are sub to the the Fighting Cock patron listen to their five statements because they recorded immediately after the game and they didn't know what to say to each other and for most of the podcast they're just kind of screaming and laughing down at each other which is perhaps not kind of what you're interested in if you want football analysis but it's very funny because it was they were both swept up in the emotion so it was an interesting listen today and uh, social media I have to say social media Spurs Twitter and um and some stuff on reddit as well was joyful absolutely joyful post-match best it's ever been i would say since since the ix match just everyone was having fun just retweets of funny crowd moments all over the place pictures of our players celebrating really good well done everyone well done you've been listening to the extra inch thanks to nathan a clark for production thanks to bardi for being italian thanks to adam gardner for the artwork Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, D Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.